If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. And now, Mini Obsessions. But not before Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, it was, in fact. Actually, what I, what I, what I just read, I think there was five seasons or six seasons. Uh-huh. And season one and two were, you know, full seasons. But season three was only three episodes because at the time they were making Big Top Pee Wee, oh. which I've, I've only seen parts of Big Top Pee Wee. I've never actually seen it. That was one of the... I know it's pretty reviled. Yeah, that was one that they used to show at the beginning of... Um, not the beginning of... Early in the mornings, they would show that. I remember... I'm pretty sure Benicio Del Toro is in it. Yeah, but isn't he um, not a, like a walk-on role, but he's not particularly... Uh, he's not in a particularly large role in it. I don't know. I thought this was like his first big break. Oh. I can't say I'm overly familiar with Big Top Pee. Yeah, no, that's not the Pee. Oh no, no, no! Me. It's not. I must be wrong. I must be thinking of somebody else. I thought Benicio del Toro is in. No, it? it's Chris Christopherson. Oh, <laughs> and uh, that's slightly less impressive. Penelope Ann Miller is okay. in it from Kindergarten Cop, of course. Uh, and uh, who else is in it? That, oh no, I'm wrong. Benicio del Toro he is in it, it right? but he's in a okay. smaller. You're right. This is not the movie you're recommending. No, by no, the no, way. no, no, okay. no. I, I'm, I've mixed in my head. Oh, and he also was in it. Kevin Peter Hall, who played the Predator in the original oh. Predator movie, and then he became even more famous, you know, for those who know, sure. for playing Harry in uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh. And he was even Harry in Harry and the Hendersons, the TV series, uh, before he contracted HIV and a blood transfusion gone wrong, and he died from AIDS-related pneumonia. Sad. Sad. Thanks for bringing it down, Megan. Thanks, Megan. I don't know. How about uh, how about we stop talking about sad deaths yeah, of I mean, famous geez. actors? And uh, <laughs> why don't you? How about um, you want me to start? Yeah, why not? All right, sure. There's no rules here. No, Lucy O.C. Yeah. So um, I was going through my uh, DVD collection Excellent. not too long yes. ago, and I came across one that had been a, a while since I had seen it. Okay. And it's a two pack of movies, but I'm only recommending the first one because the second one I'm. Not as well versed in. Is it The Secret in Him 2, Timmy to the Rescue? It is not. So if that is the movie you're recommending. No. But that I got on, that I had a two-pack of that I bought okay. at the, was it West Coast? What was it at the mall? Uh, Suncoast. Suncoast. That was in a, a plastic one. But yeah. it's not It's, it's not it that. It is not that. Okay. Uh, this is a movie that I think you would actually really get a big kick out of. Okay. And it's called Waxwork. It's okay. from 1988. And it is a comedic horror movie. With, I'd say, much more emphasis on comedy than horror. It is a old, creepy building that has popped up in the middle of the night, much like, you know, your Something Wicked This Way Comes okay. or a few other things like that, where it's a museum, a wax museum that is owned by this creepy, miserly man played by David Warner. Oh, from... Um, uh, Star Trek... And the movie... Six. And a movie we recommended in season, or I recommended in season one. Oh, time after he time. He was Jack the Ripper. That's right. So he runs this wax museum. And of course, some local unsuspecting kids are like, let's go hang out at the old creepy building, right? Yes. And it turns out that this wax museum is essentially a, I don't want to say a machine, but each of the exhibits is an old universal monster movie. Yes. And as they like get closer to the exhibit, they can get transported into the world or the reality of these particular monsters. So, for example, when they cross the red rope at 
the mummy sarcophagus. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they're inside the old pyramids and they're being chased by the mummy who's trying to eat their organs. And Sounds a like little um, Halloween tree-ish. Exactly. There's a sequence with a werewolf. There's a sequence with the Marquis de Sade for some reason. There's a sequence with vampires. And it is a really, really fun movie that it is definitely more emphasis on comedy. This is a movie that is not even remotely scary. Okay. It's like entertaining. That, yes. And it is now a little bit on the dated side in terms of what it can do with CGI. But it does have a lot of emphasis on practical effects. That's good. And so the werewolf effects, for example, is the one that comes off the top of my head. By this point, Werewolf in London had already come out. So what most people probably consider the quintessential werewolf transformation sequence in a movie this is basically like we're not going to live up to that at all this is so we're just going to show you it shows you like he has like first regular teeth then it cuts away to like someone in the sequence which is actually played by john reese davies of uh sala himself exactly and he's like Oh my God! And then he's suffering snorkel flats. Suffering snorkel flats. <laughs> and then he's got like a woolly mane and you know I uh, see. teeth. And then it cuts back to him. He's like, "No, it can't <laughs> be happening!" And suddenly he's the full werewolf. So like, it's, it's not even like in the old Universal ones where they would do like a, just a crossfade and slowly and just cutting away. <laughs> it's just like, look, we don't have the time or the energy. Was or this the money. filmed in their cousin's garage? <laughs> At the same time, too, though, the number of different monsters that they get in there are also a lot of fun. And it's not necessarily a gory movie. Mm -hmm. There are some gory sequences, but overall, it's definitely very tongue-in-cheek. It's aware that it's kind of a silly premise. And this is a group of kids or like one or two? Uh, it starts off as four kids, and the lead hero kid is Zach Galligan from Gremlins. Not uh, Zach Galifianakis. Not from, Zal Ga Zach Galifianakis. From Hangover 3. Exactly. And he's not essentially playing the same type of role, but he's he's fallen into that kind of archetype of the, like, he's in the crew, but he's still kind of a little bit of a, like, I'm meek. I got to learn how to be a hero. And the other people that are in it are mostly people that you wouldn't really recognize. Yeah, I see here by. Deborah Foreman. She was in uh, Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. Okay. And she seems to actually be a scream queen. She oh, was in yeah. uh, April Fool's Day, Destroyer. Mm -hmm. I don't know, know many of these, but oh, oh my God. She was in Grizzly 2 Revenge. No. She was the Park Ranger's daughter. Oh. I don't remember who she was. I don't remember now who that was. A, this is a perfect movie now. <laughs> The other thing about it, too, is that because it is a comedy and it's a horror comedy, I'm thinking about this in particular. So in the werewolf sequence, when the kid who falls into that world, mm -hmm. he gets bitten by a werewolf and then he gets trapped in the room with John Reese davies And he basically is like, when, as the transformation's happening, he's not like scared or anything. He's just like, Oh, this is gonna suck. And then he starts transforming. I love and that. then, so like when they get, you know, stuck in the world of the wax figures, right? If they die in there, they get stuck in the wax figure as well. So like I the see. idea is if they don't get out of the... Oh, they become one of the people in the... Exactly. In the, in the, uh... And then this wax museum 
it's sort of not opening up a doorway to hell but there's there's some sort of i forget the exact machinations of what's going on but david warner needs people to be sacrificed inside of the wax museum who's the guy on the cover that the is little his, is he a little uh yeah that's his like tattoo ah uh, in um fantasy island yeah i'm trying to find i out. don't know if oh alf it looks like oh big top peewee was also in uh, oh who what's his name uh mahali michu mezzarara i should have known because it but they were also in a oh, movie he, i recommended he, to you he played he plays alf exactly okay and they were what also movie? in uh freaked oh uh, this guy yeah michu michu wow Oh, you're right. Well, that's cre- that's weird. We we somehow we've connect- crossed. Yeah, we can connect- cross the streams, if you will. <laughs> we connected waxwork to Big Top Pee Wee and to Freak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it is a very very fun. Oh, and partially inspired by a 1924 German silent film. Right on. Was the makeup by anyone of note? It doesn't seem to. I thought it'd be like a Rick Baker. Or a- it might. It might have been by K and B or something like that. Let's see. Partner. KY, they make that jelly, I think. It's good over Thank you. But the other thing that's fun to note, too, is that there was a sequel to this movie. Oh. Waxwork 2, Lost in Time. And the main villain of that movie yes. is Alexander Gudinoff, okay. who you know as Carl from Die Hard. Oh, my goodness. Now I got to see it. And then the second movie, which, again... This is you'll have to forgive me because that one I'm not as familiar with. I forgive you. But it does have Marina Siritis from okay. Star Trek Next Generation fame. Okay. It has Bruce Campbell, classic. Oh my god. And that has Sophie Ward, who played the girl in Young Sherlock Holmes. Oh, really? And who played Mombi's first head. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in Return and of God. David Carradine. David it looks Carradine. like yeah. is also I love in the David movie. Carradine. I don't know that this is any kind of yearly tradition type of, because it is a horror movie. Oh my God, Juliet Mills is also in Waxwork too. She was the younger sister of Haley Mills, oh. who was in the original Parent Trap and Pollyanna and uh, the Moon Spinners. Oh, she was Haley Mills' younger, younger sister. Younger sister, yeah. yeah. So wow, the, 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 there's a whole franchise out there that I'm not even aware of until and now. It's, a, it's more of a two-film duology. It is, I still think, an, an entertaining and interesting one. I mean, anything from that, my memory, yeah. the sequel is not as entertaining as the first. What's movie? the movie called? It's called Waxwork. Waxwork. So I, I'm gonna have to add that because I like anything that involves monsters and mm-hmm. vampires, as long as it's not too brutal. Oh my! Well, it's right now free to stream on Tubi. Uh, exactly. As of our, as of, I'm sure this is your. Li- everyone's listening to this in like June. Or, sure. But. Uh, yeah, wax. I'll let you borrow the DVD. Yeah, I have to check it out because uh, I like I like I like what I see so far. Yeah, which is great. And anything that has uh, a, a sequel involving Juliet Mills is just too obscure for me to pass up. Well, that's perfect. As well as it also having a connecting theme to Big Top Pee Wee. Big Top Pee. I mean, uh, right. two underrated sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Godfather Two, Aliens, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Waxburg Two, Lost in Time, and Big Top Pee Wee. <laughs> okay, so. I'm going to recommend a movie now. So you recommended a movie that's a horror comedy. I'm going to recommend a movie starring a person who is also in a horror comedy. But okay. the movie I'm not recommending is not horror. Right. The person I'm, that stars in this film is Mr. Gene Wilder. Okay. Most famous for being in uh, well, Willy Wonka and Young Frankenstein. This is a movie called Quacks Your Fortune Has a Cousin in the Bronx. <laughs> 
which is a movie that we've jokingly used as a, a number uh, of times. But I, and I recently revisited Quacks Your Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. Uh-huh. I bought it on DVD. It was for it was for a long time streaming on uh, Amazon, but they took it off recently. I thought, you know what? I need a copy of this film. Yeah. And the long title, the goofy title, really doesn't do justice to a movie that's much more. It's a it's a comedy, but it's also very dramatic. At time, I shouldn't say very dramatic, but dramatic. It's a quiet movie. Mm-hmm. It's a character study. And the, the title makes it sound goofy, but it's a much more introspective film than one would think. And it's a character study, like I said, about Quaxer Fortune, who is a young man in Dublin, played by Gene Wilder, who was not Irish and not from Dublin, but okay. what can you do? In the early, I guess this, I think this came out in 1970, and Quaxer Fortune, he's a guy, he's an eccentric guy. So his first name is Quaxer. Well, that was his real name is Aloysius. Oh. But when he was born, he quacked like a duck. So they <laughs> so they named him Quack, nicknamed Quaxer. Brilliant! And Quaxer marches to the tune of his own drummer. Because everyone else in town, which is like a small working class section of Dublin, all the men go to work in the factory. And I think it's like a, I think they build like metals and things like that. Right. And... It's expected of the men that they have to go to the factory. They can't really do anything else. And Quaxer doesn't want that for his life. So the job he does that he loves is every day he gets up in the morning and he goes around Dublin following the horse-drawn carriages and horse-drawn wagons Uh to collect the manure that is dropped by the horses, which he then sells to... For, like, fertilizer. Fertilizer, yeah. Okay. And he's undereducated he can't read or write and he's being told by everybody that he you need to give up this silly thing and fall in line and do what everyone else expects you to do so the opposite of christmas with the cranks the opposite of christmas with the cranks perfect and along the way he falls in love with a very beautiful american college student who's studying at i think it's trinity college Uh played by a very young margot kidder ah Seven years or so before she became Lois Lane, the, probably, and I would imagine the best Lois Lane. No, no offense to Kate Bosworth or whoever else. Whoever else. Who was the Amy other Adams? Amy Adams. And it's clear that Margot Kidder's character, she just wants to have a fun time. Mm-hmm. She's just looking for, you know, she's sowing those wild oats. But Quaxer doesn't quite catch on to this, and so he falls in love with her, and she's not in love with him, and his life is then further complicated. When the city of Dublin announces that they're banning horse-drawn carriages and horse-drawn wagons. So now Quaxer has to decide, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Am I going to join the factory, which I don't want to do? Or should I move to America where I have a cousin who lives in In the the Bronx? Bronx? And that's basically all you really know need to know about the story. Because it's not a plot-heavy movie. It's a very interesting, quiet quirky character study. It's a uh-huh. movie they don't really, because it's not big and bombastic. And I really like it because in the movie, Gene Wilder has to flex different acting muscles mm-hmm. than he really does in other films. I actually think that this is, if his top two performances are Young Frankenstein and Willy Wonka, yeah. this for me is his number three. Okay. Because it's a really subtle, smart performance for a character who's essentially kind of dumb and naive. And he's doing an Irish accent the whole time. He is doing an Irish accent, which is a bit odd for, I think he's a Jewish man from Uh Wisconsin or uh, Milwaukee, but you you go with it. And also in the movie, that's kind of fun. 
there's really no big names in it. But one of his barroom friends is David Kelly, who later played Grandpa Joe in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the remake of Willy Wonka. Okay. And this this movie came out, obviously, after he did The Producers. But a year before... Willy Wonka. Yeah, Willy Wonka, and obviously a few years before Blazing Saddles. So it's an interesting film because it's so offbeat. It's hard to even qualify what, or qualify or quantify what this movie is because it's often billed as a comedy. It has funny moments, but it also has, like, there's a very sad scene where Quaxer makes a date with this girl. She invites Quaxer to a, like, a dance at the college, at the uh, hotel next to the college. And so he spends the day trying to find a suit, but he's, mm-hmm. he's poor. He doesn't have a suit. And he finally finds one. And it's one of these like long, uh, like has tails and it's totally not fitting him right. But he gets and he rides his bike. He doesn't have a car and it rains and he gets to the party and he's drenched in, in rain and he looks like a waiter. So everybody is handing him food and food stuff. and like, and so that becomes funny, but then he doesn't see Margot Kidder. And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, he sees a, a tall girl who, I guess if you're tall in 1970, it means you're fugly. Because, because they're treating her like she's like a hunchback. Oh. But she's, I think, a cute looking girl. But she's, she's very tall. And so he like sees she's lonely also. So they start to dance. And he's a bad dancer. And, and he sees everyone kind of looking and smiling at him. And he thinks, oh, they're liking my dancing. He's not hip enough to realize that they're actually making fun of him. Uh-huh. So it's that kind of mixture of funny and sad. And that's really what the movie is. It's a funny, sad And do you comedy. spend most of the movie with him in Dublin? You've spent every scene with, with Quaxer. I don't think there's any scene where you don't follow Quaxer. Okay. Because you said it's in the Bronx. No, no. Uh, it's set in Dublin. He, he, he can either... It, oh. You, he has a cousin in the Bronx. Right. So, he, so his two choices as presented to him are I'll either have to fall in line right. with everything I'll, else. I'll drop my individualistic flair and join the monotony of everyone else's lives, or I'll try to move to America and live with my cousin in the Bronx. I won't say what exactly happens because right. Quaxer comes up with his own thing, but I happen to be a very big fan of this movie. And I mean, I think that even something like Young Frankenstein shows that he had range, but right. he, he is honed in really well in the comedy with that, as well as What's the word I'm looking for? Because he understands the tone for both sides of that right, well, movie. Right. What he makes, all his films, what he does that makes him, you know, a legendary actor is he played comedic moments seriously, which made them, you know, more real and more funny. So, like the scene in, like, uh, in Young Frankenstein where he lifts terry gar out of the thing and he looks over and he says what knockers right and then she reacts to, oh thank you doctor. oh thank you doctor but his serious reaction to that makes it funnier because or my favorite part is in the beginning where he says my grandfather's work was, was doo-doo. Doo-doo. And he stabs himself but he can't get the he doesn't he doesn't out. overplay that but that's a funny moment because he just stabbed himself right but in quaxer he's called to play serious moments straight Right. Which is not what happens, certainly not in, you know, uh, Blazing Saddles or uh, even Willy Wonka. Right, he's always, this is my shooting hand. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. And I like the part also where uh, they call me Jim, but my friends call me Jim. Jim. So what do you like to do for fun? Oh, God. But it's something, something and screw. <laughs> <laughs> so 
for me, I like that because it's, it's an opportunity to see a, a, a really interesting character study from an actor that you yeah. mostly associate with comedies. So it's not on Prime anymore as of now. As of now, Are no. there other places you can watch this? Oh, you can rent it for sure. like, you know, and I think it's worth it. Quacks of Fortune as a cousin. You can rent Is it, for, it a long movie? No, hour 30. Oh. It's really, it's really an independent movie. It was, it was made in Ireland by the Republic of Ireland. And it was made for $1.2 million. Wow. Which is not quite a lot. Cracks Your Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. So I recommend, if you're looking for a quirky little movie, check out Quacks Your Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. You could also watch Waxwork. So, yeah. So somehow we have managed to connect Blazing Saddles, Big Top Peewee, and what was the other one? Um... Oh, we connected young Sherlock Holmes. Right. Because Sophia War is in both. Return to Oz. And then um, Mishu is in Alf and Big Top Huey. Right. So in a matter of 20 minutes, we somehow have ranged from David Warner, who was a classically trained Shakespearean actor, to what was the one, what was the one with him? With, with Mishu? Oh. Uh, Alf. Alf. A sitcom about an alien life form who eats cats. Yes. Not for me. That, that, that was not. No, was I never. Bad. I had that on DVD, and that was one that I was glad got washed down the. <laughs> that one's in the, the drain. <laughs> yeah. Mini Obsessions is directed and produced by Taylor and Nick Sicario and is a co production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for episode details, previews, and more. And check out our blog at obscureobsessionsblog.blogspot.com for movie recommendations, lists, reviews, and articles. We thank you for your continued support.